Welcome to Old Eyes New Glasses, a podcast about relationships, family, and how emotional intelligence impacts our lives. My name is Avery Baker and my dad is Brian Baker. It's a family joke that he's got the old eyes and I've got the new glasses and that's how we got the name of our show. Together, we are the only father and son inspirational speaking duo on the circuit. This podcast is an extension of the messages we share with audiences we speak to, ranging from thousands of people at national conferences to high school gymnasiums with 1,200 students. Get ready to listen to some of the most dynamic, the most unique, and the most inspirational cross-generational conversations you've ever heard. Good morning, Pops. How you doing today? Hey, hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's uh, it's Halloween. Happy All, All Hallows Eve. Oh, wow. Well, it looks like a nice day in your neck of the woods. No pun intended. Yeah, it's kind of chilly out here. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, Sacramento, Sacramento got them chilly mornings. And then next thing you know, it's 40 degrees warmer in the day. So, <laughs> this so I'm, is sure it'll, I'm sure this this hoodie is going to come off in, in a couple hours. Absolutely. But your ace hat will stay on, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't. I, I got to stay strong you know la has been getting way too many victories over the last couple of weeks so um we're just going to keep rocking the a's gear well you will win a world series one day i'll say i said you'll because i've seen four of them as an avid a's fan i I just want you to i want you i want you to get one in your lifetime so you can so you can know how it feels Uh, me too (laughs) i i I talked to chris about this between the, the a's and the kings like, I just hope I'm not too old to celebrate. Oh, wow. It could be a while for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a minute. So you have any plans for for uh, Halloween tonight? Uh, no, just chilling, man. Tomorrow going to a virtual concert with your mom. So that's going to be cool. The jazz concert, uh, our little jazz spot that we like to go to on Sundays has moved to the virtual world. So where is that? uh the the place that's usually down that I mean the place that's usually oh my goodness the place <laughs> we go to down in uh half moon bay oh uh, okay yeah. okay yeah so it's gonna be fun man it should be a cool weekend i can't forget to uh to uh, turn back the clocks no you can't forget to do that i mean you get an extra hour of sleep though so that'll help never a complaint there yeah well, since you didn't ask, uh, I am going to be carving a pumpkin tonight. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Wow, that's, um, gonna that's, be... a, that's a plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, man. Uh, so exciting. I know, right? I, well, I mean, I don't think I've ever carved a pumpkin before. Well, that's because my your mother and I just deprived you uh, growing up as a kid. I mean, geez, guy. So, guess what? Now my new girlfriend has to teach me how to carve a pumpkin for the first okay. time. So. All right. All right. Go ahead, Olivia. Do your thing. <laughs> so today we're talking about coping and um, coping mechanisms, uh, ways that we've been coping, because let's be honest, I don't know about y'all, but I've been hitting the wall. Um, the fatigue, whether it's screen fatigue or pandemic fatigue, uh, I, it's real and I've been feeling it. And uh, so each time I hit a wall, I realize that I've got to bounce back. And there's been multiple ways that I've been coping over the last few months. And uh, so that's that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about pandemic fatigue and then talk a little bit about how the next few months, how the holiday season and how that's going to change, how that's going to be affected and uh, how we're all coping with that. So, 
And you got the uh, you got the election that's uh, just a few days away. That's another, you know, it's just been a stressful year, man. There's just been a been. lot of a lot of triggers this year that are going on. And I'm sure as the holidays, you know, are upon us, there's there going to be some triggers there as well. You know, mm -hmm. you got situations that it, normally you have situations around the holidays where some people are very um, joyous, but there's other people that struggle with those time at that time of year. And I'm always mindful of that. You know, Thanksgiving isn't, you know, always the same for everybody. You know, the Christmas holiday isn't always the same for everybody. So you throw that on top of a pandemic, on top of a high unemployment rate, on top of a uh, an election that has the country divided. Um, it's just a lot of stuff going on. And uh, yeah, coping is really uh, necessary. But, you know, for everybody uh, out here, um, you know, they don't necessarily know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a variety of ways to do it. It's not to say that, you know, all of them work. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, this is a situation where you just kind of got to keep trying. Definitely, definitely. And and we talked to you mentioned holidays, we're, we're going to get into holidays. One thing before we get into all of that, one thing that um, I should acknowledge is the day that you and my mom celebrated earlier this week. Um, and that was your own holiday. And yeah. so happy anniversary. You celebrated you. A, a very special anniversary this week. How many years have you and my mom been married? 30 years. Mm. 30 years, man. That's a say that with a little gusto. I mean, yeah, it's a, it, it's a it's a it's a lot of time in the game, man. And it's uh it's been it's been really, really cool, man. You know, we didn't think that we would be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary in the midst of a pandemic. Ooh. You know, we had had some plans earlier in the year to celebrate, you know, <laughs> such a big number, but we ended up uh, you know spending the afternoon at a restaurant in Sacramento where we were the only ones on the patio. So mm. I guess it's one of those things that you will always remember where you were on your 30th uh, <laughs> wedding anniversary, which was on a restaurant by our, at a, on a patio by ourselves, man, eating out of a to-go box. So, yeah. you know, man, it's called pandemic planning. Pandemic planning. Yeah, it's a strange time, strange time. So what, what is, uh, I got a question for you. What is one important thing that you've learned in 30 years of marriage? Mm. Well, there's a lot. I guess if I was to boil it down to one thing, uh, I would say to everybody out there, you know, it's one thing to fall in love and get married, but it's another thing to stay there. And, you know, I'll drop the mic on that. And you can <laughs> that's no, I mean, that's you're right. You're right. And I think actually, as we continue through this episode, that that might be a theme that we continue to come back to. It's just one thing. It's one thing to get to some place. It's another thing to stay. Yeah. In place. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah, I think um, it's it's good to kind of recap where where we were at the beginning of this and kind of where we are now seeing that it's the end of October for most people um, across the United States we've been living in this immediate world of pandemic since March some of us since February um, and so 
that's over six six months it's mm -hmm. over half a year where you know things have been closed things um are not the same families are not able to get together and so i think it's it's very interesting to think back and remember kind of mentally where we were and then individually like where we were at the beginning of this back in march and i remember we started this 10 day negative thoughts fast mm -hmm. and we wanted to we wanted to be proactive in just how we felt like this all of this would affect us pandemic all of it mm -hmm. would affect us and so we started this 10 day negative thoughts fast which was designed to start to help us reshift, reshift our minds and start to help us think about positives rather than dwell on negatives, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, I don't know, thinking back on March and thinking back on what we were trying to do back then, how, how how have you implemented new ways or, or how have you kept those same ways of coping through like through pandemic through yeah. home and all of that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, one of the things that I, that I began to do uh, back in the March, April timeframe is pull back on my, my news consumption, which for me is, is, um, you know, I'm a newsie. So um, I, I just started really focusing on getting my news in different ways. Um, I stopped watching as much news on television. Really? Uh, yeah, as I used to uh, and began uh, consuming. The propaganda machine. Took a break <laughs> from the propaganda machine. <laughs> and began consuming, you know, my news more online. I like um reading uh publications from around the world i think it's uh i think it's a wonderful way to get some real balance and some different perspective on things um but also started listening to to a whole lot of podcast uh as another way to just you know have a um to get um information consumption that way you know i'm not a big television fan anyway um, but the things that I do watch on television are um, news, documentaries, and sports, like history, the History Channel, stuff like that. That's pretty much it for me. I, I, everything else is, is really kind of like a, a no-go. Right. But that, you know, I really found a, a way to shift when mm -hmm. after we did that, uh, after we did that negative thoughts fast, because there's so many negative thoughts come from, from the television um, all of the time. So that's been one thing. That's been one thing that definitely uh, has helped me. The other thing, you know, uh, you mentioned everything kind of being shut down back a couple of months ago here in California. We had, uh, you know, everything was kind of closed when it came to like the, the gyms and, you know, right. uh, businesses and stuff like that. And so um, recently, uh, the gym that, uh, that I joined recently has an outdoor uh, tent in the parking lot, huge outdoor tent in the parking lot with all of the equipment out there and everything. So that's been kind of cool for the last a uh, little bit more than maybe a month, um, being able to get back in and, and, and doing the workout thing and feeling um, safer about it mm. than if I was in a, you know, confined area 
uh, working out with a ton of people. And so that's been really good. That's been really a, a, a really good coping mechanism mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I'm an early morning person. So that works in terms of just like just the cold, crisp air, you know, when you're getting your workout on. So it's just a variety of ways, meditation, yeah. quiet time, um, just, just really mindfulness things you and I talk about all of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, taking stock of feelings and emotions and all that stuff, man. It's just like a, uh, it's a, a multi-prone, a multi-prone uh, approach mm -hmm. that, you know, that I felt that I've needed to take. So it's been helpful, but uh, still a struggle at times, man. And particularly, yeah, I'll add this one last thing. I'll toss it to you, but, you know, we, we are in our business, man, one of the things that we are doing with our virtual sessions, uh, we just recently did a keynote of, of a 55 minute keynote uh, on workplace relationships and, you know, how do you keep those positive? So that's actually been kind of good too, because a lot of the work that we've been doing virtually and working with organizations and their teams of people is to really put some focus on self-awareness, to put some focus on mindfulness, to put some focus on gratitude and thankfulness and positivity and all those kind of things. So, you know, in a way that 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 helps keep us grounded as well. Yeah, it's been a lot of that. Um, and you you mentioned a lot that I, I really want to touch on. The one thing that hit me when, when you were talking is talking about removing, you know, TV from your life, like, you know, like starting to watch less TV and starting to read news more and like change up how you're consuming news. And I think that that's, that's been one thing that has kind of hit everybody in different ways is how we consume news over the last six months. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it was, for me, it was very, it was easier to, to kind of remove myself from consuming, over consuming news, especially on TV. And like you said, like reading more and kind of just digesting it in doses that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward. So you, that's, you know, through March, April, May, and then summer comes and it was a whole lot more to digest. It was a, it was a whole lot more social unrest. It was a whole lot more violence being seen on the news. Mm -hmm. And that's when it got, I felt like it got even tougher. Like, and it was really tough for me because it felt like two and a half months in, I was kind of like finding my feet, you know, finding my footing in this. And then boom, kind of felt blindsided by by the news, you know, mm -hmm. by the, the events going on. And so that's, that was one of the walls yeah. that I hit because it was tough trying to stay present, continue to stay up to date, like yeah. with all of the things transpiring and, you know, different, like I said, like crimes and social unrest and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, try to feel like I need to, uphold a bit of my personal power like I need to uphold a sense of self mm -hmm. without being taken too far off because like you know I'm trying to stay current trying to stay relevant 
Yeah. Um, so that was that that and that that hit me when you were talking about um, the news because I mm -hmm. found myself like you, like you're a history junkie. I'm a bit of a history junkie. I was getting into documentaries and I was getting into history shows, whether it's sports history or just like you know world history. Mm -hmm. and and then I found myself kind of like I was taken away like that the importance of that was like taken away so then I found myself kind of shuffling so how did you how, how 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 did you find yourself coping during that time man I think for a while it was it was um communicating mm -hmm. it was um getting stuff off my chest it was speaking to people in my, you know, in my circle that I trusted um, and letting them know just kind of what I was going through and how I how I was feeling. And, and I'm actually very grateful that I had a lot of friends that were very empathetic. Um, There's a lot of empathy flowing around, you know, not just towards me, but from me. Mm. So it felt good to receive empathy when, like I said, like I'm struggling processing. Yeah. A lot of the things going on and I'm trying to digest it in a, in a, in a healthier, at least as healthy as possible manner. And so leaning, leaning on, you know, my friends and family, to be honest, like that was one of the, the best ways that I could cope for those few months, you know, through the summer. Yeah. And then once I, once I was able to kind of like pick myself up, you know, um, using that hyperbole, pick myself up. It was like I could, I, I started to realize what my personal power is again. And then that's when I started to hit the digital detox. Like around, probably around August is when I just started the way that you were kind of systemically removing yourself from TV news mm -hmm. and TV coverage. I was like removing myself from social media presence. It was just me realizing, yo, I need to take a step back. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about it, man, that you're saying on the social media, the digital detox, I think that's important that you bring that up too, because, um, you know, the, 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 the internet, social media, all those types of things, um, they really can uh, take away some of your some of your power. I love the way that, you know, sometimes when we're speaking to groups of people and you're talking about, uh, well, the subject have, has come up before about like cyberbullying and you're kind of like, like, yo, like cyberbullying is a real thing. However, uh, you can control that by just like not reading what's going on in uh, on your social media feeds and whatever the case may be. And, you know, that might be an easier thing that's, you know, mm -hmm. easier said than done, mm -hmm. but it's really true. And if, 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 if you can learn how to digitally detox a little bit and remove mm -hmm. your out of there you might find yourself in a better place mentally you know emotionally spiritually physically even and i don't think a lot of people um do that there's just something about it that just yeah it keeps well, people just plugged into it yeah for all the for all of its greatness um we we all have to be able to recognize and be honest with ourselves and recognize the harm that we do and that's with anything um, mm -hmm. and you know I think uh, a good a good phrase for this or a good life lesson for this is um, life is about moderation 
you know, and things should be in moderation, you know, even moderation should be in moderation. Mm. And, and it's one of those things that's like, when you, when we're, when we become so inundated into our feeds and so inundated into everything that everyone else is doing. And then also coupling that with, you know, trying to essentially maintain a status that we deem is like good, positive, popular, smart, funny, you know, whatever it is, whatever that, you know, that status that we, we hold on to for ourselves, whatever status that we love for ourselves, constantly trying to maintain that. Well, here's the thing. Does that, do you allow that to then like shield off reality? Do you allow that to shield off what you're actually feeling to shield off like the harm that's being done because you just want to maintain that status so desperately. So there's also a, there's a sense of uh, honesty and balance in it. Like we did the negative thoughts fast to reduce how much negativity we were allowing in. Uh-huh. And in the same way, that's what people use social media for is to reduce the negativity that they may be experiencing in their real world, in their real life, you know, in their physical life. So. But aren't people, aren't people just fooling themselves? No. When they do that at times. You don't think so? Not necessarily. Okay. Because that's because at the end of the day, that's something that someone curates. So at the end of the day, that came from the person. Like the person is creating the profile. Mm. And and so is it the I'm person not, though? Is it really the person or is it the person's representative that's creating the profile? It's like that old, you know, yeah. Well, profile. I think even then, yeah, like that's a good point. I mean, right? It's like, is it really the person or is it the person's representative? Like if we were to pull the screen back on some of the social media perpetration that people are putting on out there, is it really? real is it really who you are or is it just like yo this is designed to like cover up all of these you know issues and flaws because everybody has them let's not you get it twisted Mm -hmm. everybody got issues everybody has flaws and some people want to act as if that's not the case with them and so Mm -hmm. i kind of think it's a, a a ton of phoniness within you know that that arena and that's kind of why i don't really mess with it too much yeah, I mean that's there. That's an honest assessment as well, and you're not wrong for for viewing it that way. And I could I could understand why you would view it that way, and you would see it as such because there when we, because we're so attracted to negativity that you know when we're constantly exposed to something, and then you're and then once you notice it, it's like once you have the light bulb moment of like, oh wow, like this is kind of phony. It's like, oh, wow, they've got 50,000 followers, but they only get 100 likes on their pictures. Like, where are these followers? And so it's, it's you're right. Like, you see that over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, it's tough. It's tough to really, like, put, you know, kind of, you know, I guess for lack of, of a better phrase, like, put your faith into it when you're like, I don't know if this is like, if this is a faithful thing. <laughs> like, but at the same time, at the same time, you know, it, 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 it's actually a way that a lot of people cope. Right. That's that what, is. yeah. And that's what I was getting to yeah. is that, like I was saying, like a lot of people feel the negativity on a daily basis in their life, in their physical life. Mm. And so 
being able to tune in mm. to social media, being able to communicate and be with your friends on mm. a platform at the same time, all communicating, all like seeing the same stuff, seeing the mm -hmm. same news and then responding to it instantly. Like yeah. all of that creates a sense of community that people can't necessarily feel in so, there. So, so, so let me ask you this question, man, for, for, for folks that are, you know, around your age, mm -hmm. like how, like, like how are your friends kind of dealing and coping with this? And then let's just segue to like the upcoming holidays. You know, have you been speaking with any of your friends in terms of what are the holidays going to be like? Cause I can imagine they're going to be like all over the place for mm -hmm. everybody. It all kind of depends on, mm -hmm. on where you are in terms of your, uh, processing of the pandemic, right? And, and uh, so anyway, yeah, just for folks your age, man, what have you been finding? Um, I mean, it varies. I, I think um, a lot of people have perhaps like found solace in the fact that we are like, they have a good immune system and they're healthy and it's not um it's it's not like a uh overwhelming since more so of like the pandemic isn't overwhelming mm -hmm. i should say it's just about like living through kind of the social change mm. and the social like denormalizing things that were normal Mm -hmm. like denormalizing going and hanging out together yeah and and you know being with that physical community like yeah. being with that in-person community you know in in so many different settings too yeah you know obviously like to go out um and be you know out at restaurants and at bars and clubs and all yeah, this stuff those social settings yeah there's there's none of that yeah movies there's none of that bowling alleys there's none of that like there's so many things malls even like for some malls it's like uh like reducing so it's like mm. everywhere you turn like you're like okay well changing this changing this changing this changing changing this habit changing this habit this is where we used to go you know this is where we used to date yeah. this is where we used to hang out yeah this is how we used to hang so it's kind of one of those things where it's just like it's it's become draining I feel like for a lot of people um and that's why we're talking about this because we're talking about fatigue pandemic fatigue yeah we're talking about um you know feeling like like for me per, for example for me it's kind of at this point where it's like I don't even I don't even find myself like I have to retrain myself. I will have to retrain myself to like go out because yeah. I've just become such a hermit where it's like, I don't even want to think about like, if I'm going somewhere, who's going to be there? Like how many people are going to be there? What's the setting? Yeah. What's the environment? Like who wears a mask? Who doesn't wear a mask? It's, well, it's just, it's just all of this. It's like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's all draining. And it's just like, I'd rather just like, <laughs> you know, what's funny. It's the similarity between how I'm feeling now 
and how I was feeling back in the day growing up when I would try to go hang out with friends and you would always ask me like 21 follow-up questions about like where are they going to be who they who are they who are their parents you have their parents phone number where do they live I was preparing you man see you're handling this well man because I prepared you when you were a teenager And that's what well, it's crazy because now that I say that I've been saying since the beginning, like since April, like COVID is taking like is setting people back 10 years. It's like we found ourselves watching cartoons hella for no reason, wow. Wow. just to like kill time, just all these different like these old habits. Yeah, like it felt like at the beginning of this, it felt like the summer between seventh and eighth grade when obviously I wasn't driving and I was spending a whole summer at Nana's house, just inside the house watching TV all day. Like that's, that's what it felt like for, that's for funny. a good portion of this. And let me, let me ask you this though, man, because as a young person, we were talking about everything having changed the way that it has. And, you know, the transition that everybody's going to have to uh, go back to, uh, when there's some sense of normalcy that returns, whether that's, you know, in 2021 or beyond, because, you know, at the rate that the country is going right now with the spread of this virus, uh, this is just kind of bizarre and crazy. So, um, but as a, as a young person, man, do you think that it's easier for young people to cope with this change than it is for, for older people? Um, it just depends. I think like I've talked to some friends, I got some friends that live at home with their parents. Um, and so they have a different level of anxiety about it because they live at home with their parents. Mm. Um, and like, like we work together, like I'm, I'm always at the house. So I have a, a different viewpoint of it than say some of my friends that, that just live with either themselves or their girl or their boyfriend or their um, or their like just roommates that are all the same age. Mm. It's, it's just very different to, to, for us to kind of perceive it. And, and like, and, and that's not like um, by no means is it like throwing shade. Cause like, to be honest, like if, if I didn't work with you and if I wasn't always at the house, I would have a different perspective of it. Mm. Like I, my, my like awareness and like, like who I hang out with and, and where I go would change. It just would. Um, and I think that that comes with like, like, again, like a lot, a lot of people that realize and like, and people that have kind of sat back and like looked at this thing and and now we're six months in, we're like, okay, like we kind of have a good sample size of like what this is and, and, you know, Uh like what, who it's affecting and things like that. And so people are just processing it kind of on the daily and on the weekly Uh Um, and then going from there. But again, I think it's, it's the fluidity of change Uh that has just really created a lot of fatigue. It's like the fluidity of like one piece of information, then another piece of information. And then the mistrust is created because people are like saying things and then falling back on them and then there's things that are being reported and then they're being told that well that's really not the case and so it's a lot to like then feel like okay I've got a grip on this yeah and so people are just kind of like 
hitting a hitting hitting a wall where it's now become like how am i like taking care of my mental health yeah like how am i starting to really like analyze the impact that all of this is is taking on yeah. my health and there's a lot of people man that um that are kind of soldiering through but aren't accounting for that they're not they're not thinking about the mental health thing. i think there's a lot of just not young people i think older people yeah. man um you know certainly uh in the african-american community uh, uh older people and men in particular you know have this um you know adverse reaction to self to not self-worth i'm sorry to uh <laughs> mental health they they, they need to in it uh, lean into their self-awareness a little bit that would help but mm -hmm. um <clears throat> about mental health as if it's not an issue right uh, for them uh and uh you know not understanding that you know they could be falling into some sort of depression not mm -hmm. understanding uh that um you know that they really got some anger issues and you know feeling a certain way and not being able to identify like oh that's called anxiety mm -hmm. right all of these things that uh that happened, man. But I, I just think that, you know, you talk about change and younger people. And, you know, we had this conversation one time, I'll never forget this, we were on a train, I think we were like in on the East Coast somewhere. Uh, and we were having a conversation about change. And, and you said, well, you know why it's easier for, uh, for me and for Justin, you know, to accept change you know, and then you pulled out your iPhone and you said, because like this thing changes like every year or every other year, mm -hmm. a new version of it came out. Like, it's the only thing that we know. It's the only thing, you know, mm -hmm. that we've been used to is change, right? Mm -hmm. And I found that to be very, very interesting because, you know, as a young person, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good way to look at it, right? Yeah. That like, like, this is just like part of the game, right? Whereas cats like, you know, you know, me and, 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 uh, you know, my friends who are older, like the change thing is, you know, uh, change comes a little slower, right? Yeah. It's like the conversation we have about politics, uh, in our home where you and Justin, you know, being in your, in your mid twenties and early twenties are kind of like, yo, like stuff needs to change immediately. And I'm like, I get it, man, but America's not set up for change to happen quickly. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, yeah, it's just some interesting times, man, for mm -hmm. all generations, I think, and, and different perspectives. And I think that um, everybody's hitting the wall and coping. What about your friends when it comes to the holidays? Because, you know, we're, we're modifying our Thanksgiving holiday, mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, than what we traditionally do in the past. It's going to be, you know, a, a little bit smaller, certainly more spaced out. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, using, you know, the backyard this year, yeah. you know, buying a fire pit. And, you know, obviously we live in California, so we may be able to get away with that a little bit easier than a lot yeah. of other folks, maybe like in Chicago or something. Right. Can't necessarily do that. So we might mess around on Thanksgiving and it'd be 75 degrees. Right. So it's all, it's all good and easy for That's us. Right. But what, are, what are you finding with, you know, people in your community and in your circle in terms of Thanksgiving are things changing for them? Yeah, I think that's, um, again, it's kind of like, like you alluded to, it's a case by case basis. And I, I reached out to, to some friends, because I was, I was curious about this to just kind of get different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a lot of mixed responses, like I got, um, you know, some people 
that essentially are like, like my family is just going to get together like normal. Um, but then that also gets into, well, like some people's families aren't that big. Uh-huh. And then you think about that, like if there's a family like us, we got a family of four. So like mm-hmm. if our family of four was just the only ones that we celebrated Thanksgiving with usually, then, you know, nothing's really going to change yeah. about that. Um, a lot of people, they're they're changing up their like travel plans. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got people that were telling me like, oh, usually my mother goes over to my sister's, you know, hundreds of miles away. And now that's not going to happen. Like she's we're just going to keep it local. Um, I got people that were kind of like, you know, grandparents are winding down and they might not see many more holidays. And so that creates a different level of ambiguity because it's like, well, you know, I can only assume that the grandparents are definitely going to want to see their family, mm-hmm. you know, during the holidays, especially mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, that's the only time that that those generations are able to connect. You got mm-hmm. grandparents and grandkids and sometimes even great grandparents and great grandkids mm-hmm. that are connecting during these, you know, very specific and important times. Yeah. yeah. Um, both Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and winter and just just all of that. I mean, it's, it's really tough because winter really signifies like like getting together kind of bundling up like being close with with the people in your life being close with your loved ones and so in a world where you know closeness is kind of like like closeness is kind of like wait hold on yeah it's um it's a lot going on so yeah like i said there's just like and you know there's mixed responses people from we're not doing anything different to people are kind of feeling like eff it people are like you know, grandparents aren't really um, going to be here much longer. So we want to see them, but we also obviously are taking precautionary me- measures. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still seeing someone um, is kind of like, you know, that's that's what this time is for. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been um, kind of crazy. But what about you? Like, have you have you talked to anybody? Um, and I and I and I. Uh, since that you've been asking me these questions kind of like from one generation to another and we can definitely you know throw that back and 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 i am curious to know um you know as somebody that you're you're now at a point where you're seeing things from kind of multiple you're in that in between you're in that in between of seeing things from a few years away from like retiring and calling it a day man and you know, I, I've been grinding to get to retirement, man. Right. So I, I want to see it. <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, this is and I don't up, blame you. Right. right? I want to see it. And you, me and your mom have plans for what it is that we want to be able to do in life. And so, you know, I, I find that people in my community and around my age are just really being, you know, extra cautious about mm-hmm. this, man, because there's so, as you mentioned, there are so many unknowns, but at the same time, there's, there's so many knowns, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know that this, this thing is dangerous. We know what this thing, you know, can do. We know the reality of, 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 uh, you know, what can happen uh, if you have to go to the hospital. We know that when hospitals are getting overrun, like they are right now around mm-hmm. the country, uh, you know, it, through what I call irresponsible behavior personally, because I've never believed that we've, we've had 
we we should have been in this position at this point in time if if um, there was a little less uh, selfishness uh, in in the country uh, in terms of just like going about like really small things. Everybody's in this thing together. So mm -hmm. the, the reality of it is that uh, hospitals get overrun, and when hospitals get overrun, like you know decisions are made on people's uh, living and not living based on, you know, capacity and stuff like that. And so, you know, folks, you know, in my community, in my age, we're kind of like, this ain't no joke. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm real with like, you know, getting to the other side of this thing, this too shall pass. I'm a, a great believer of that, but I just think that uh, I think it's a time for being a little bit more cautious a little bit more careful, you know, I'm, I'm less inclined to just like, you know, uh, you know, take chances and be risky, uh, you know, in behavior right now. And so um, that's what I'm finding. That's what I'm finding with older people. Mm -hmm. um, the scary thing about it, man, is that, you know, and you mentioned this younger people, you know, uh, do their thing because they've just reached the point like this is ridiculous I'm healthy I'm good this and that but not really being cognizant and aware of taking this back to, to other people in their lives that perhaps you know are vulnerable to this and not thinking about that and so um, yeah just you know folks my age are just like yo let's like just you know keep it on the down low and keep it pushing right until until you get to the other side of this thing and mm -hmm. uh but you know, it's um, you know, everybody's different, and and uh, yeah, I think uh, one age of the things has a lot to do with it. Say that again. Age has a lot to do with your perspective. Totally, totally. yeah. I mean, that's um, and that's you know, as we're seeing, like even in our podcast, like generational perspectives um, are are very interesting to to compare, compare and contrast. One of the things that you mentioned was just kind of like how we were all we're all in this together and I and I feel like that was one of the things that I felt most kind of at the beginning of this and in, in March in April mm -hmm. it, I don't know when this the switch was but mm -hmm. it just became um a little a lot more divisive like it yeah. was not togetherness and unity yeah anymore. it was more like all right I'm gonna do me and then you do you well, I, I, I think I think and, you know, that just, uh, you know, that's why so many people are on edge in this country when this with this election coming up. Right. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you know, my personal feeling on it is that if we had uh, more guidance and more leadership from the top that we wouldn't be in, we wouldn't be at this mess to the extent that we are like nobody could help that this uh, virus um leaked and hit the world but you certainly can uh you know leadership certainly does determine the direction in which uh, you know you go in that and that's for that's for the country that's for businesses right every ceo every leader in business right now is determining the direction in which you know their organization is going to go and how are they going to you know um you know process this thing and come out on the other side better and so you know, the, the way in which I view it, uh, you know, and not to get, you know, way too political on it, but, and you were, you were too young to remember this, but you're right. At the beginning of this thing, it's like, oh man, this is hitting the whole world. This is hitting our country. Let's do what we have to do to like, you know, get better at this thing. And I always think about 9-11. I thought about 9-11 a lot since the beginning of this pandemic. 
um, because the the way the the atmosphere in this country after 9-11 was one of of uh, unity and cohesiveness. And it was just kind of like everybody was together on like, yo, like this band together, you can have your different opinions in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, what happened after 9-11, but I'm just, you know, in terms of like war and all that kind of stuff. But the feeling in the country was just kind of like, yo, this is just about banding together as Americans, right? Mm -hmm. And this thing happened earlier this year. And it's just kind of like, oh, we're just like, like, there's so many different countries within this country, it seems, right? In terms of, you know, people's approach, this is no, like, we're going to get through this together. It's just kind of like, you know, uh, like you're, you're, you're either, you're on your own, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when wearing a mask becomes such a divisive thing, it's like, what the hell is wrong with like the world right now, right? Wearing a mask is a, is a, is a political statement. And so, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, I think, I think that that's made, you know, being able to cope with this thing even worse, yeah. right? The, the, yeah. the atmosphere and the environment uh, that's happening in the country right now, man. And so hopefully, um, you know, that, that will change. It'll take a long time, I fear, for it to change because things have just kind of gotten so out of line and out of whack. But, uh, you know, 9-11 is what I thought about. I thought about often in that feeling at that time. Now we got like uh, 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 the same amount of people uh, who died in 9-11 like every three freaking days, mm. right? Hello, that's like sick. So yeah, it's, uh, 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 it, it's amazing um, what leadership or lack thereof can do uh, in, in any circumstance. Yeah, definitely. I think leadership has one, been one of the, the things that have um, stuck out most during this is like the good leaders have stood out from mm -hmm. not good leaders mm -hmm. um, and uh, on so many levels. You know? Well, and there's such I'm an way... opportunity. Let me just say this. I'm sorry, but, you know, I always, you know, when this first started, I was talking to a, 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 a friend of mine who was a um, uh, in politics mm -hmm. and uh, I was I was talking to him this is back in April about the opportunities that leaders have not just leaders in politics but leaders in, in whatever uh, um, facet of life you're in whether you're a leader in your at your job whether you're a leader in your church whether you're a leader uh, in your home that you had such an opportunity leaders had such an opportunity um, to um, be servants at this point in time, you know, me and you just recorded a message for a, yeah. for a conference that we're uh, uh, speaking at in February. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about servant leadership and empathetic leadership and the, the need to be able to um, inspire people and galvanize them around a particular vision. And so I think that, you know, people that uh, have really leaned into the fact that they have an opportunity to influence and inspire and, and, and decided to do it and do it well. It's just a fantastic thing. But I think there's also other people that perhaps have been in leadership positions. They were placed there uh, for whatever the reason, not that they were really qualified to do it, but they were placed there, you know, within their companies, um, you know, and, and, the leadership that is displaying is the leadership that's been modeled for them mm 
mm. through all of those years in the in in those companies and they don't know how to do it because you know there there there's some authenticity involved in it mm-hmm. there's some sincerity involved in it and it's not about you and so yeah that the 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 leadership thing man is just yeah, some people are shining and some people are failing and uh you know yeah. it tells a lot about you well and i think one of the ways that a lot of people have been coping with that is just to look inward it's kind of like okay i'm not getting the leadership or the direction from places that are designed to give me that so now it's about well how how do how am i feeling about that and that's what i think is as a result of poor leadership is creating even more divide and more divisiveness is because there isn't like a direction and that's not to say that like oh we're all just sheep and we all just follow but um we all need help and we all need a little bit of direction and we all we all aren't experts on everything yeah i mean look i mean i mean to to keep it 100 man i mean you know i spent you know quite a few years in corporate america man almost 25 of them and you know i was under the tutelage of some leaders that i didn't particularly care for um but I thought they were good at their job. I thought I thought they were good in terms of, you know, laying out this vision and, and getting everybody to get there. I didn't always agree with the way in which, you know, they were having us get there, mm-hmm. but, you know, all due respect to them, right? It was just kind of like, you know, they had some leadership skills that I admire and they had other leadership skills that I was like, you know, really couldn't stand. But the fact of the matter is, is that they, it was is that they, you know, they were able to get results, right? Yeah. And then I had other leaders that I really, really liked a lot, but, you know, their leadership skills stopped at just the likable aspect of it, yeah. right? So you don't have to like somebody who's, who's, who's leading, you know, quite frankly, but, you know, they either have the skills to lead or they don't. And, and you know, that's, you know, that's, that's what the deal is. Uh, as far as that's concerned. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a great opportunity. And you talked about the people, um, you know, looking within themselves and a lot of people got to do, um, you know, now's the time I should say to do, to do the work, to yeah. do self work, right? No better time than now, because like, who do you want to be on the other side of this? Mm-hmm. Like what, who is the person that you want to be? Do you want to be different than the person uh, you know, you know, when we went into this thing, do you want to be a better father, mother? Do you want to be a better sibling? Do you want to be a better um, colleague, coworker, yeah. child? Yeah, whatever the case may be, right? And so it's a wonderful opportunity to to make some progress in your life. But, you know, it, it all just depends on, you know, the, the space that you occupy. Yeah. A lot feel- of stuff. I feel all of that. And um, I think and and I'm repeating myself, but even just doing this, um, I, I find the value in communication so much more like I found val- and, and specifically positive communication. Mm. Um, and and because, you know, I, I think, as we say, um, communication is building bridges of understanding. Mm-hmm. And with so much misunderstanding and so much ambiguity and so much um, lack of awareness and lack of empathy, 
I think that communication is just the thing that we, good communication is a thing that we should continue to strive for each, I mean, each of us individually, but also in our companies, um, on our podcasts, on, um, in our workplaces, you know, all of it, in our schools, um, you know, communicating for understanding rather than communicating for, for, um, to be heard, (laughs) just communicating, just to communicate, but really communicating to hear and understand somebody. Um, and that's, for me, that's been a coping mechanism. It's like, I feel like I need to tap into a deeper level of understanding Mm -hmm. for a lot of different people, because there's so many different perspectives right now Mm -hmm. that, we need to be aware of just yeah. as a, as a people, as a, as a human race. Yeah. So um, well, I think, I think, I think that what you just said is very important to communicate, you know, for understanding instead of just like speaking to be heard. I think that, I think that that's one way that you can begin to cope as we wrap up here. What, you know, what would be some other ways that you would just kind of share with folks as we, um, you know, as we, as we wrap up here, some other coping mechanisms that, uh, you know, that you would recommend. I mean, yeah, the ones that have helped me, like I said, digital detox, um, being able to, you know, log off, being able to sign out for a period of time. I don't, I don't have a, a set period of time. That's like seven to 10 days is the recommended, but it's just, it's about, understanding yourself it's about fueling a difference it's about man like I've been feeling more maybe more angry I've been feeling a lot more negative and so what can a digital detox do for you like if it's three days if it's seven days if it's two months like until you feel like man I'm starting to gain you know some of my joy and some of my happiness and some of my positivity back I'm starting to gain some of my empathy some of my awareness you know, some of my happiness, like all of these things, um, it's, it's different for everybody. And so, 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 uh, so I'm sorry. So how, how, how does, uh, um, you know, the way that you lay your head on the pillow at night, uh, and the way in, you know, the way in which you wake up in the morning, the activities around, you know, those two things, how does that impact it? Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that loaded question. Um, I think that it's, it is, it's truly all about how you start and end your days. Like, I think that that's huge. I think we talk about this a lot. Um, you know, starting your day on a positive note or starting your day just on the note that you want to start it on mm-hmm. does so much for how the rest of your day goes, as opposed to maybe you got off you got started off on the wrong foot and just think about that i think anybody can can conceptualize that it's like man if i started the day either late or you know even if i just stubbed my toe <laughs> i got up out of bed i stubbed my toe and then you just realize like man i've got to tend to this while i'm getting dressed while i'm getting ready while i'm thinking about my day meanwhile my toe is still hurting all the like even just something like that something Move the dumbbells from uh, on the side of your bed that, that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and and so if if we want to make the most out of our days, if we want to get the most out of our days, um, then 
it's about making the conscious effort at least try like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite people right now in the world is uh, is a soccer coach and his name is Jurgen Klopp and he he talks about like giving it your all mm-hmm. and he's like giving it your all doesn't even guarantee that you will accomplish what you want to accomplish it's just your only chance oh wow that's pretty deep i like that (laughs) and and like when he says it and it's like he's not wrong and there's a sense of overwhelming like oh man well this is just like you know this will never happen when you hear that but then at the same time i hear that and i'm like yeah i mean what what am i doing if i'm not giving my all like Mm -hmm. why am i even doing something Mm. Why am I even taking the time out of my day to do something if it's not going to be my all? Mm. If I'm not going to at least try to set myself up for success, then just don't do it. Yeah. If you're just going through the motions and just find something else to go through the motions on. Mm. But so I think that that's one of the things, you know, when we when we talk about mindfulness and and consciously starting our days on a positive note, consciously mm. starting our days with meditation um, or journaling or no technology and sitting there and and maybe writing down what we want to accomplish three goals for that day maybe a personal goal a career or professional goal and then something else you know and 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 same thing when we go to bed same thing when we're when we're winding down our day it's like you can consciously make the effort to end your day positively not end your day on a on a bad tip yeah and and just notice when you do it consistently, because again, I, I mentioned at the beginning, it's one thing to get to a place. It's one yeah. thing to get positive and to get happiness. It's another thing to stay happy. Yeah. It's another thing to stay positive. Because as we know, as we're, we've been discussing this entire episode, there will be things that will try to tug and pull away at your, your happiness, your personal power. So um, I, I would highly recommend, you know, starting and ending your days consciously on a, on a, on a note that you want to end it on not on this is where i am in my day and now i'm just going to bed or i'm waking up and now i've got a bunch of things to do well it's like well just take 10 minutes take the time take i promise i promise you will be rewarded for it later on Mm. um and so Mm. yeah aside from that i would i would say i mean i kind of alluded to it but the mindfulness the meditation aspect communication positively communication for understanding um those are the ways those are some of the best ways that i've been coping in this really tough time and i think just continuously understanding that like hey this isn't easy like and 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 for yourself for and that's what i tell myself is like this isn't easy but i'm putting in the work and every day i find comfort and solace and and confidence in the fact that it's like I'm putting myself in the best place possible to succeed, whether it's this day, this month, this week, this year. Well, don't forget, don't, don't forget um, wine. (laughs) Don't forget wine. Wine is important right now too, because with the holidays coming around, you know, drink more wine. That's, Mm -hmm. that, that's, you know, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Um, Thank you for listening in and, and continuing to tune in and um, please continue to, to share and repost. I know some of my friends have been hitting me up about it and they share it and I love it. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So please continue to do that. 
like the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on SoundCloud, follow on your, you know, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. So until next time, Pops, uh, have a have a good day. Now do this positively. Peace. There you go. Thank <laughs> you.